When I flew down to Maryland to celebrate my Uncle Mike's funeral mass two weeks ago, I had a window seat on the airplane. And so once we were in the air for a few minutes, I did what I normally do after a few minutes in the window seat. I looked out and tried to figure out where we were, what we were flying over, and especially where Westerly was. I wanted to give you all a little wave from the plane. Now, sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I'm able to pick out a certain landmark from the air and tell you exactly what city or town is down below. I'm able to do that mostly when I'm flying south and I pass over westerly early in the flight. But I find it almost impossible to do when I'm flying into Providence. That's because the world looks very different from up there. Things that we see down here every day take on a different look when our perspective changes from the horizontal to the vertical. Which should help us to understand God's message to us in today's first reading from Isaiah 55, where he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. In other words, God's perspective on the world from his vantage point in heaven is a lot different from our perspective on the world from our vantage point here on this earth. God sees the whole picture. We don't. God sees how everything in this life, including our sins and our sufferings, can work for our good if we allow them to. We don't see that most of the time. God sees the reality and the horror of sin. We don't always, which is why we sin. The challenge of this life, or at least one of the challenges of this life, is to try to see reality from God's perspective, to the extent that we can on this side of the grave. Like St. Paul did, Today's second reading, for example, from Philippians 1, St. Paul actually talks about his future physical death as something positive. He does that because he knows by faith that his death will bring him to God. St. Paul had a divine perspective on dying, as well as a divine perspective on living. He says there, for to me, life is Christ and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful toil for me, and I do not know which I shall choose. I long to be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. One way to test whether or not you are developing a divine perspective on things is to ask yourself this question. In today's Gospel reading, who were the blessed ones? Who were the real winners in this parable that Jesus tells us? Was it the workers who got off easy? Was it the workers who got the reward for doing next to nothing? Was it the workers who came in the final hour of the day and did the least amount of work? Somebody with a divine perspective would say that the truly blessed ones here were the ones who worked the longest the ones who worked the entire day for
from dawn to dusk. Somebody with a divine perspective would say that because those who worked all day fulfilled their purpose better and more completely than the others did. Notice that all the men, all the men who were hired that day, were laborers. That was their call. That was their purpose, to work in the landowner's vineyard and bring him good fruit. The ones who started at dawn did that for the longest period of time, and they brought in a lot of great fruit. Those who came on board at the very end spent most of their day bored and wasting time, and consequently they brought in very little good fruit. Obviously, this parable is a metaphor for life, and it reminds us of a beautiful truth. It reminds us that even those who convert on their deathbeds can be saved. But you know, those who convert at the end will very often say, regretfully, how I wasted all those years. And when they say that, my brothers and sisters, they're right. For all those previous years, they failed to achieve their true purpose as human beings, which, of course, as we know from the Catechism, is to know, love, and serve the Lord. And even though they will go to heaven in the end, the fact that they waited till the 11th hour to convert will probably affect the depth of beatitude that they'll experience in the kingdom. Remember, Jesus distinguishes in Scripture between the least and the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. Coming to see reality from God's perspective, that is to say, understanding the Lord's ways and thoughts, is really an ongoing process something we have to work at each and every day. Nobody, including St. Paul, has understood the Lord's ways and thoughts completely during their time on this earth. That's because as human beings we are finite and sinful, whereas God is infinite, sinless, omniscient, and perfect. And so because we don't see everything that God sees, and don't see everything as God sees it, certain trials and certain sufferings trouble us. They trouble us because they don't make sense. They don't make sense from our narrow human perspective. For example, why did God allow those two recent hurricanes to do so much damage to so much property in so many places? Lots of people are suffering right now. Why did God allow that school in Mexico to collapse the other day and kill 19 children after the earthquake? Why does God allow the killing of the innocent to continue in our world through abortion and euthanasia and genocide? Why did God allow me to get gout last week? You know, the night I came back from our pilgrimage to Ireland, all of a sudden my big left toe began to hurt, like it's never hurt before. The doctor told me it was gout, which prompted me to turn to God and say, you know, Lord, I don't get it. I went on this pilgrimage to Ireland, to the holy places there, to be healed, and I end up coming back with another cross. <laughs> you know, there's something wrong with this picture. It makes no sense to me. 
To which God would say, well, Father Ray, that's because my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. See, it's easy to trust God when you understand the why of something. It's much, much harder to trust the Lord when you do not understand the why. Today we should pray at this Mass for the grace to do both those things. I want to close this morning with a little meditation. It's a meditation I'm sure that many of you have heard before, but it bears repeating here because it reminds us that the Lord is always at work, even in the midst of the chaos and the confusion of our lives. This meditation compares the events of life to the threads of a weaving. As most of us know, if you look at a weaving from the underside, it looks like a mess. There's no pattern to it. Threads are hanging from it. It's not attractive at all. It's only when you look at the weaving from the other side, the upper side, that you see how all those different threads have blended together to form a beautiful work of art. Reminds us that when, by the grace of God, we do get to heaven, our vision will finally be perfected. And God's thoughts and ways will be our thoughts and ways forever. Meditation goes like this. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him.